0: Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Morning Prayers. We will begin today's service with a responsive reading from the Black Appleton Chapel Psalter Book, Psalm Selection number 67, found on page 34. Please stand as you are able. May God be gracious to us and bless us, and make his face to shine upon us. Amen. Let the peoples praise thee, O God. Let all the peoples praise thee.
1: Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For thou dost the peoples so with equity and guide the nations
0: upon earth. Let the peoples praise thee, O God. Let all the peoples praise thee. Amen. God has blessed us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. You may take your seats.
2: Good morning. My text for this morning's prayers comes from the Christian scriptures, John 1.14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Some version of this same scriptural formulation occurs at least seven times in the canon of my own tradition the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This passage will forever be connected in my mind with a conversation I had with friends on a Sunday morning many years ago as I was beginning my PhD program. Our discussion that day turned to the question of where honesty ranks in the hierarchy of virtues. I began wondering out loud that morning if honesty was sometimes subordinate to other concerns, such as the ability to provide the comforts of hope to those in hopeless circumstances. As I was bumbling through the moral calculus of these questions, I was brought up short by the comment of a friend sitting to the right of me who spared me from my sloppy Sunday morning ethics by pointing out one rather simple scriptural point Jesus, Eric said, is described as full of grace and truth. He proceeded to explain his view that rather than seeing the virtues virtues I was describing in competition with each other, perhaps our task was to seek to live the principles of both graciousness and honesty to their fullness. The struggle between grace and truth, he observed, may not be the zero-sum game I was making it out to be. In that moment, and in years of reflection on that moment since, I came to realize that I had been too fully conditioned by a culture that pits these two ideals as rivals. Think of the presumptive ways we use the phrases brutally honest or painfully candid. Think of our current politics, where we give credit to public figures for being truthful not because their facts hold up, which they so often don't, but simply because they deliver them with brutality. Somehow we have made grace and truth mortal enemies to the detriment of both. This passage from the Gospel of John compels me to reject this false necessity. Grace and truth it teaches can coexist, not just in some half-measured compromised form, but in their fullness, And with divine help, I can, indeed, I believe I must, strive to live at the intersection of these demanding virtues. I have come to recognize that the related message of that passage is that perhaps these two can only achieve their full coexistence when we make the commitment to dwell together, even in or maybe especially in our most difficult realities. About four years ago in my role as a lay leader in my church, I was meeting with a person in dire circumstances. A man who was working desperately to keep a family and a life intact. He'd grown up in a home with a mother with a bipolar condition, making his childhood especially difficult. And now his wife, the mother of his four small children, had been diagnosed with a related mental illness. In the course of trying to provide some comfort and support, I asked him what his church family had done, or hadn't done, or could do, to be of comfort and support to families like his. He said something in response that's been seared into my memory. He told me that they encountered over the years an endless string of well-meaning and energetic church people who would take it upon themselves to try to fix their family. They would pour resources of time and effort and material assistance for a week or two or a month or two until they began to realize that the problems were not going to be fixed. The intractability of mental illness would not be solved through a service project or a prayer of blessing. As the unending persistence of their problems became apparent to their church community, they gradually lost sight of and contact with these helpers. After recounting this experience, my friend looked up at me and said, you know, we weren't really looking for someone to fix our problems. We just needed someone to walk our road with us. This is, I think, the dwelling part of John's formulation. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. Jesus' call to grace and truth was made real through his willingness to dwell among us. So, too, it seems to me that we can embody neither full grace nor full truth unless we are willing to be present in each other's pain to walk these roads of life together. In my effort to live at the convergence of grace and truth, I fail every day. I indulge in graces that are insufficiently truthful. I utter truths with inadequate grace but I get to keep trying, as long as and insofar as I am willing to dwell with all the children of God in the hard realities of our shared journeys. And I can pray to be better. I will offer a prayer according to my own tradition and then a recitation of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, We bow our heads before thee this morning to invoke thy power and goodness in our lives. Grateful for thy patience and compassion as we imperfectly walk the path that has been set before us. We acknowledge our privilege and our blessing. We acknowledge the profound responsibilities that come with these. We pray that with thy help, we might embody the virtues of grace and truth and dwell with each other in love and patience, that we might all find the hope of thy promise. And for these things we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. Amen. And now the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done
0: Please join me in singing the hymn, Dear Lord and Father of Mankind, found on page 286 in your crimson Harvard hymnal. May the Lord keep you from evil, and may the Lord keep you in your going out and in your coming in from this time on and forevermore. Amen. Amen.